Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. Today, we're in the pet space again. I can't even wait to introduce this product to you. I was so excited when I saw it. I can't believe I don't already have it. I mean, like, I, I, I for years have owned pets, especially dogs. I did have one cat long ago, um, but mainly dogs. I've got three dogs now, as some of you know from listening to some of the other episodes, and you probably heard them barking. You're not going to hear them barking today. I've already made sure of that. But um, you're going to love this product. It's called the Fur Zapper. The Fur Zapper. I can't even, but it's such a cool name. Like, I, and I saw this, I, I was telling Michael when I saw the email, I was so excited just to, to even hear what it was and how it works. But on the podcast today is Michael Swigart. He is the inventor and founder of Fur Zapper. Michael, it's so great having you on the podcast. Justin, thank you so much for having me. Very excited to be here. I know. I even looked at on, on your website. It has like the video showing it in the washing machine. I was like, this is so cool. Anyway, I can't yeah. even wait. All right. So, Michael, I, uh, I always love to start our podcast with this. You know, you weren't always an entrepreneur. Maybe you were, but I mean, at least based on what I saw in your background, you were in marketing and SEO and, and advertising and whatnot. How did you make your way into the entrepreneurship space? Well, yeah, you're right. For the past, uh, you know, nearly 20 years, I've been been involved with advertising. Uh, I've had a few small advertising agencies, mostly doing, you know, marketing, uh, typical advertising, radio, print, TV, outdoor, and as things progressed, a lot of digital marketing, websites, SEO, internet marketing. Um, so I, I didn't really get. Uh, into in inventing a product on purpose. It sort of really just came about by accident. Uh, I've always been uh, a gadgeter, always played with things, deconstructed things, um, trying to learn how things work ever since I was a kid. So, oh, wow. Very uh, cool. Always had you know inventions. I actually have a little log book that I write down all my crazy ideas into. Um, that, I still have that and still keep it up to date. So dude, every week there's something new. That is okay. Let's just stop right there. I mean, that could be lesson learned for all of you out there that are listening that are like, I've always had these ideas and I've never acted on them, or I've always wanted to go and start X company. Like, start writing them down, right, Michael? The best step is to write it down. Wow. Um, you know, you never know if you'll uh, you know hold on to it for a long time. You don't know if it's a good idea until you've researched it too. So. Um, yeah, writing down all my ideas, and then when I take time, when I have time, I'll go and research and see if those ideas already exist, if there's already a product that is already made for it, if there's a patent available, uh, or also filed for it to see if it's a viable product. That's so uh, funny. I feel like a patented product is the way to go. Sure. Uh, it's not the only way to go, but uh, I feel there's a lot more strength when you have a patent. Okay, so well, I, I love that. I don't even know we're going to hit some of these things. I, this is what I love about hosting this podcast, by the way, is you just never know what you can talk about. But um, share with our audience what you mean by that, because not all, not everyone listening is an entrepreneur or has has actually made a consumer product. But share right. what you mean by a patented product versus non. I think most people assume they know, but mm -hmm. share with what mm -hmm. the benefits of that are. Yeah, having control of your own, you know, intellectual property is huge. Um, you know. I discovered that, uh, you know, that I really needed to get a patent because it seemed like such a novel idea and such an interesting one uh, that I came up with. And everybody told me, you got to sell this, you got to sell this. So, uh, you know, I researched it, found out that nobody 
made a product that did this before. So I said, let me look into a patent. So I wasn't hundred percent sure that I needed one until I met with a patent attorney um, and, and spent some money to really have them do a thorough research to see if it's a product I can really have a patent on. And the reason for the patent is because, you know, at some point uh, you're going to need to protect your product. So if you have a product that's not patented, uh, anybody else can come in and just knock it off. That's Um, right. Even with us, we have uh, several patents, U.S., China, uh, Canadian patents as well. Uh, Even with that, we have an incredible amount of counterfeiters. Wow. So if you want to get those counterfeiters to stop, if you want to take them off uh, of websites such as Amazon or eBay or, or, or other sites, you have to have something to fight with. And you need that patent behind you to say, all right, this is our product. This is our patent. This describes exactly what it is, how it works. Clearly, they're infringing on our product. And once you have that, these, these websites and these companies that, that are, are hosting these knockoff products will, will relatively quickly remove them. So you have a great tool to knock them down. Otherwise, you're really stuck and, and you are sitting helpless watching people knock off your product left and right. I've no seen it question. happen. Yeah, you times. mentioned Amazon. It happens to be one where I actually, yeah. I actually sell products today. And you can have brand protection there. But the only way to get brand protection is if you have the patent. So anyway. Right, um, right. So that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. So, mm-hmm. um, so you always have these ideas. I, and and for those listening again, did you, you heard what he said? I, you write them down, and when you have spare time, which you probably made on the side, like mm-hmm. you're researching them, you're figuring out is there anybody else that's doing it? Is it maybe even talking to some people and see if it's real? So, how right. did you decide to to build this company called Fur Zapper mm-hmm. and this product? Well, it, it it really came upon you know came upon me by accident. So. Uh, I've worked at home. I've been a work at home dad for at least 15 years. So uh, I do the laundry in the house. So we have a house of five. (laughs) I know it's, it's, it's odd to hear. I do. I uh, like doing laundry anyway. I don't mind doing it all. It's actually therapeutic in a way, but um, so I, you know, I wake up in the morning before I'd start work in my home office and I'd start a little laundry and, you know, by midday or so I throw it in the dryer, dry it up and then fold it and put it in its basket. So I, I discovered that, uh, every load I would do, there'd still be pet hair on them. So I'd have, I'd wash dry clothes, you know, properly followed all the directions, even long washes, like an hour long, and they'd still come out covered in pet hair. So, uh, I, <laughs> I experienced myself- that I'm raising my hand yeah. virtually as I, as you <laughs> tell that, yes, go ahead. Everybody with pets ha- have this problem. They really do. And, uh, you know, nobody, nobody knows how to solve it. So, what typically you do is you'll get a lint roller and you'll start lint rolling your clean yes, clothes I or do that. grab some tape, wrap your hand in duct tape and, and pat it down. So that, that turns a, a quick process into a very lengthy one. So you end up you know, spending a lot more time. So uh, interesting thing happened on the way to the dryer. So uh, <laughs> I think you've told I, this story before. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I've done some I've done some interesting hobbies in my life. And, and one of those hobbies was doing some work in the special effects industry. So uh, I okay. did some work for like Great Adventure for Fright Fest. You know, I was airbrushing zombies and we're making oh like God. silicone masks and doing all sorts of fun stuff. Um, so uh, one day I had an old silicone zombie mask and I accidentally dropped it on the floor and noticed that pet hair stuck to it. And I was like, wow, there's hair all over this thing. It, it attracted it like a magnet. Wow. So okay. brought it over to the sink, rinsed it, and, and the hair literally just fell right off. 
So I said, well, I, I might be onto something here. Since I'd already tried every home remedy I could find, every different hair. wacky idea. Right. Uh, I mean, there's tinfoil balls. People say throw in the dryer. They, they say throw some rubber gloves in there. All sorts of wacky things. Apple cider vinegar, um, all sorts of things. So. Really? What, what I did is I took really literally a ripped up zombie mask and threw it in the washer and then the dryer. And I was like, wow, this is, this is starting to work. Like it's, oh it's really gosh. affecting. That's pretty it's, cool. It's, it's working. So uh, what was happening is that the hair, the pet hair uh, would, would attract to the tacky surface of the silicone. It's very tacky and soft, almost like skin, like a skin feeling. Um, but it wouldn't hold onto the hair long enough. Uh, the water would literally rinse it off. Um, so once the water hits it, it rinses it right off down the drain. And then in the dryer, the same thing happened. It, as it's tumbling through the dryer, it's grabbing pet hair, uh, attaching it to the silicone piece. And, and the rotation and, and the wind and the air ends up pushing it off the silicone into the lint trap. And then you end up with, uh, you know, hair-free laundry at the end. That's so cool. So, yeah. yeah. So uh, for really those that accidental. That's <laughs> so amazing. For those who don't know, the fur zapper zaps for off your laundry. It's a pet hair remover for your laundry available one or two packs. Um, it's so nice. You've got it in your backdrop. We're on Zoom today. I love it. Um, so, uh, Michael, so y you see this idea, it works. So how did you go from the torn up mask that's working to, you know what, I think I might make a product out of this. Like, what, what were the first steps you had to take? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I really did this only for me, uh, really to save myself some time and, and really just make things more efficient. I'm a big efficiency expert here, uh, self-proclaimed. <laughs> right. um, so self -proclaimed. so nice. what I did, since I've, I've worked with silicone in the past with making these silicone masks, I already knew roughly the properties of it. I know it's soft. I know it's tacky. So I actually ordered a bunch of different types of silicone and I tested out um, different uh, patterns, different shapes, different sizes. Like things in the as laundry? Like you throw in it in laundry. your laundry? Got it. So I would, I created probably 50 different variations. Ones that were big as a Frisbee. We had <laughs> ones that were shaped like a ball, square, um, all different odd shapes, sizes, thicknesses to see what worked. And basically we came upon, um, I came upon a, a size, which is, you know, right here. I see. It's, it looks like a dog paw, surprisingly. It's like a dog paw. Um, so initially it was just like, like a hockey puck. Right. That seemed to work, but... I did have an issue. The issue was, since it's so tacky, it would actually stick to the drum of the of the dryer and spin Got around. It. Yep. So the holes actually serve a purpose. The holes uh, let it release from the side of wow. the washer or dryer drum. So no so science. It, it wasn't really science involved. It was more of trial and error to figure out, really okay, you know, I needed some holes in this. Okay, yep. so that's cool. So you order some raw product. You try different mm -hmm. things out. You, you find something that kind of works. So what was the next step? So the next step was to um, like, you know, talk to some friends and family and they said, hey, let's, I want some of those, you know, give me some right. to try. I want to try so it. I tested them. <laughs> I, I want to make sure it worked for someone just, you know, beyond just me and my household. So friends and family got, you know, the, those are the guinea pigs to see how they work. So, um, you know, once I, I showed that they, they worked, I had a good feeling about that. Uh, I went to see a patent attorney right after that. Um, and a, a funny story, a lot of people don't know this, but if you want to get a patent and you've already sold the product, you're stuck. You can't get a patent. So um, on the way to the patent attorney's office, I just launched the website. 
I built the website since I had experience sure. doing it. Literally just launched the website. And I get to his office and he said, have you sold any yet? And I said, the website just launched. And he said, take it down Shut right it down. now. <laughs> so I, I was minutes away from from not having a, a wow. availability to get a patent. So, um, so I did speak to the patent attorney uh, about this and some other ideas. And he said, this is this seems like a winner. So uh, we took the next step, which was to do the patent search, which I've already done yeah, at this point. Sure. I did, you know, Google's got a great but, patent search. But good to have validation from another source. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so my, my patent and trademark attorney did a deep search to find, you know, what's available, what's similar. Is there anything like this? Is it is it even patentable? So we spent quite a bit of time to see if it was patentable. And he determined, oh, yes, it is. And and. Then we started writing up the patent and submitted it. Oh, um, once that was submitted, then we could sell it. You know, at, at that point. That's awesome. Um, so, okay, you go through that process. Um, how did you decide to, or what did you figure out around packaging? So you had kind of yeah. this raw product, but as you know, to sell it to someone, you can't right. just drop it in a plastic bag. You need some sort of right. packaging. How did right. you solve for that? Well, we needed manufacturing too. Um, so once we we're allowed to sell it, I actually made the initial molds for the product. So I actually sculpted oh, nice. the original furs apparatus of clay. Oh, um, interesting. I'm somewhat okay. creative, not that great, but I made it out of clay, created a mold out of that, made like an eight cavity mold, which are just eight different, basically. Like a bit. <laughs> Most people are going to China for that, but you just did it in your house. Yeah, it's nice. I just did it myself. <laughs> <Jeez>. So <laughs> then I started selling them on the website and I was literally like, you know, taking orders through the website and I had tables set up in my, my basement yep. all over where I'm literally packaging pouring silicones, <laughs> packaging. Wow. So the packaging I found online, I basically ordered a uh, sort of a generic clamshell that we, we still use today. Um, and the backing card, I designed that in Photoshop and that's, printed it out on a laser. So it was all done from literally done from scratch, you know, everybody in my family helped. I'm sure that makes it so much fun, right? Yeah. So, okay. So you put the website up and there was kind of the friends and family thing, but Mm -hmm. when did you, was there a point where you're like, oh my God, I think someone, not a friend or family Mm -hmm. bought one. Oh my God. Yeah. More people. I don't even know who Johnny Smith is in Fort Lauderdale. That was, I got to say, that was the exciting part was seeing these orders from, you know, who is this person? Is it a friend of somebody? Is it, is it someone I know? Who, you know, who's Sally Jones from Florida? I don't know anybody down there. So So, true. um, uh, our, our next venture was on to Amazon, which was obviously, you know, the juggernaut of online sales. And that's really when things started to kick into high gear. And we were getting these orders from all over, you know, the United States and totally, uh, you know, we, we got to a point where I'm literally, I have a, a printer that's printing out labels to go on the packages and this thing's running and running for minutes at a time. And so, <laughs> yeah. suddenly I, I got 50, 75, a hundred orders a day coming oh out and, and it's getting crazy because I'm, I'm, it's a lot I'm of one guy. I mean, right. it's a lot of packing, yep. labeling, pouring, shipping, pouring. Molding, oh my God. I didn't think about that yeah. part. And then it keeping it in stock yeah. at Amazon if you're using FBA versus fulfilling yourself. Right. I mean, I don't know which yep. version you were. Initially, but. we weren't we weren't using Amazon FBA originally. It was just just ourselves. <laughs> so in that case, for those listening that haven't sold Amazon, so order comes in, you get an instant email with the order information. You can go on and buy mm-hmm. the shipping. You print out the label, but then you got to mm-hmm. pack it in a box, put the label on, uh, send it out, and like if you didn't buy the shipping through Amazon, you got to go and enter the tracking number and yep. hope that nobody returns it. If someone returns it, you got to handle the returns. I mean, it's like yep. a lot. 
It's a lot of work. Yeah. Self-fulfillment through Amazon is, is a lot of work. It's a great, it's a great stepping stool to see um, if it's going to work for you, if the product's going to sell. But a a funny little anecdote is that on my phone, I had a a certain ring and it was a cha-ching, like a cash register. (laughs) So every time there was an order, I'd hear cha-ching. And I was like, wow, there's another order. I'm so excited. And after a while it got like, Hey, you know, can you turn that cha-ching off? off? It's getting a little annoying. Like, (laughs) like it's every other minute. I'm like, it's great though. And eventually I had to turn that off. Um, That's hilarious. What a great problem. Self-production was a lot of work, ended up getting into a small office nearby here, uh, hired some staff to help actually you know, pour the silicone by hand sure. into each mold. We had like, you know, 18 molds at that point, but it's still, you know, silicone takes about, you know, two and a half hours to, to cure. So the process was very long, yet it worked well in advance, yet it needed a lot of space. I bet. So that became a little, little, a little busy. So was there a point where you're like, this isn't scalable? I mean, the order, there's too many orders for what we're pouring, what we're shipping, uh, you know, and whatnot. At that point, we were we were keeping up, but we really didn't have any big customers yet. Um, so, you know, another funny story and, and just, you know, serendipity or luck or whatever you want to call it. Um, my my partner uh, read the newspaper and opened it up and there's a full page ad from Walmart that says open call looking for U.S. businesses. We want to buy sure. your product. Absolutely. So like, hey, that's us. Why not? So I, I filled everything out, sent them samples. We get a call. Uh, come down to Arkansas, pitch us your product along with, you know, 5,000 other people. Um, so we went down to, to Bentonville, which is actually pretty nice. I was yeah, surprised. it's a beautiful um, place. It, yeah. It's a nice area. Cool. Nice little airport. It is. Yeah. It is. It is pretty good. So uh, we got to meet with several buyers. We met with a pet buyer. Uh, we met with a, a laundry buyer. And it, it, it turned out that the laundry buyers, they went nuts over it. They were literally <laughs> sure. like, it's so they're, they're like throwing them against the wall and going, <laughs> wow, you got to feel this. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, they asked, what do we want? You know, we want your product. We're interested. You know, let's talk prices. And, and you know, you want to test this. How many stores do you want? He asks me. And I'm like. Uh, you pick. I don't, I don't know. Twenty five hundred. You know, <laughs> right. so I reach. For, I'm reaching for the sky here to think mm-hmm. maybe we'll get you know a hundred to test. And he goes, "Well, how about all the stores and we'll put you on the module? <laughs> we on need the modular. a few more molds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and, he, and we'll put you on the modular. So it wasn't even a test buy. It wasn't like a sidekick yeah. or like a little let's put them on an end cap, a, a temporary buy. It was you know full time on the shelf. So. At that point, you know, we got really sweaty. Uh, I was going to say, I, you like, can't meet do that do? demand. You don't have, at that point, capacity right. to meet that. Nowhere near. I mean, the first order, I think, was 30,000 units from Walmart. <laughs> and you and, have 18 you know, molds. Oh you know, we got 18 God. molds. It's, so, it's impossible. So, uh, so what did you do? What I did, and, and some people might not um, like this advice or, or think it's a great idea. But what I did is, is I was completely honest with them. <laughs> I know it's strange in this world, but I said, we don't have the capacity. We need a manufacturer. I'd love to get your recommendations. I'm sure you work with lots of manufacturers. Who can you recommend that you think does a great job that can you know help us make a product that is good for Walmart? And we got some recommendations, called them up, uh, ended up working with a company in Wisconsin uh, that is already Walmart accredited. They already sell products and ship to Walmart. That is so super cool. That solved uh, 
you know, or was poised to solve a lot of problems. Lots of setup fees, but yeah, but you know a, what? A win, win, it. win, win for you. Yeah. You get the scale. A win for that manufacturer. You're right. They're going to make money uh -huh. from you. Right. Um, and then a win for Walmart. I mean, they they made a yeah. connection for you. They made they gave that guy some business, gives them more right. scale. I mean, they want strong suppliers, yeah. right? And I figured if if they screwed up, I could just put it back on Walmart. Like <laughs> you guys, who, who are these guys? Right. What would you give me these guys for? <laughs> what a uh, cool idea! Heaven forbid you be honest, you know, and actually yeah, tell. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's so cool. Um, wow. And so from there. Yeah. Yeah. So from, from there, um, we obviously had to ramp up the manufacturing. It took a lot of time to get molds made. Uh, there's robotics were brought in machinery to, to create, you know, silicone products at a faster pace. Um, so we, we did some really, it, it was a custom manufacturing process, uh, with he, you know, heated molds. So they would cure faster. Uh, you know, they had staff to pump them out. So, at that point, the first step was to, to make the quantity Walmart needed for all their stores, which was 30 some odd thousand. Wow. So we, we had, I think, three months to do that, which was, I mean, we barely got, got in there, but we did it. So, um, so that was our first big customer. That's amazing. How about to start with Walmart? Anybody listening is would know that that is massive. Um, in fact, the largest retailer. They are the largest retailer, yeah, um, yeah. brick and mortar retailer out there. Um, what did sell through look like? In other words, and for those who don't, listening mm -hmm. don't know what sell through is like, it's one thing to put 30,000 products in store doesn't mean everybody's going to buy it. Although I think your packaging really tells the story of what it is, right. but right. what did that look like? Well, you know, it, Walmart's reporting is, is public, well, not public, but it's available to anybody yeah. that's selling there. So, so we looked at that, you know, religiously, we, we want to see what are the top 100 stores? What are they selling? Why are some stores not selling any what's going on? Um, so we, we really paid a lot of attention to the sell through and the turns per week. We want to know how many units we're selling per week. And we also reached out to the buyer to say, what, what should we be looking for? What's a good number? I'm an advertising guy. I don't right. know anything you about know, retail. So nothing. So well, I asked a lot of people for help. Right. Know? That's actually cool. Um, Who did you lean on for help? Well, we reached out to our buyer. We reached out to the replenishment manager uh, that works for Walmart. Uh, we also put some feelers out on, on Facebook. There's a lot of um, great support groups. There's actually several Walmart support groups, Target wow. support groups. That's cool. I so no idea. I reached out to people there and I said, Hey, you know, who can I talk to for help? And we, you know, we hired a, a, a part-time contractor to get us through some of those lumps in the beginning. But, uh, my, my biggest fear was this is going to hit the shelves and just sit there. Um, thankfully it, you know, it didn't, it went very quickly because we don't have, you know, we don't have a, a name. We don't have advertising. We're not all over TV. Sure. People don't know what it is. So our single package, uh, you know, this is it. This has I to see, tell yeah. the whole story yeah, as Michael, they walk by. Michael's showing so, me the two pack and it's, it does yeah. look really sharp. I mean, your business is just booming now. What are the keys for growth this next year? Well, you know, the, the keys for growth for us are to continue to get into retail stores. Um, you know, a, a big challenge with a company, you know, like us is, is that we're not that necessarily that we're small, but we have really one product. We, we have brought in some other products. We have a, you know, a glove now that we're using a grooming that. glove yep. and some other, you know, add on products that are coming in. But um, as a new company, it's been a big challenge. You know, we, we really feel Target would be a great fit for us. Um, it's perfect for their buyers. Uh, Walmart, it's just flying off the shelves. That's amazing. Target should do better, but they, they don't really get back to you. It's hard to find the right buyers. You got to hire a firm to get into Target. 
So, you know, our goal is to get into all the major big box stores, but we're also targeting grocery. Uh, we've done well with the groceries we've been in, um, pharmacies like CVS and Walgreens, um, you know, companies like that. And we're also rolling out a product that's going to be a more of an economy product that'll be great for like the five below's and even, you know, the dollar trees. Yeah. Well. I, and I think about your product, it's kind of, it- Initially, I was thinking it would be in like the laundry category uh, or like cleaning yeah. cleaning supplies, yep. but it could also be in pet. I mean, the the yep. pet supply type companies yep. out there. It seems like this yep. is a great great fit. Yeah, you know, it's it's a product that really fits in both places. Bed, we bath. feel, yeah, Bed Bath and Beyond. We we are on on their website. We are in every Bed Bath and Beyond in Canada awesome. right now, awesome. and our tests have done so well that we are now talking to the U.S. buyers. So we got Dude, that. That's amazing. You know, we, we kind of had to chip away and go through the back door to get to the U.S. market, but that's what you got to do. It's amazing. Um, it's, you so know, for those listening, I mean, you have a, a product here that's booming, right? It's got picked up by Walmart first and like it's flying off the shelves <laughs> and you still struggle to get into some of these retail. It's not so yeah. easy. People that think it's yeah. easy to get product in the store, it's not. Um, yep. Listen, uh, uh, this is a fascinating and unbelievable story and I love it. Share with our audience like two or three, like if your biggest lessons learned from being an entrepreneur. Wow, that's a good question. Um I'd say that the biggest lesson, one of the biggest lessons I've learned is to really stay persistent. Um, even when you, you know, you hit multiple roadblocks and you fail repeatedly, um, just stay on it. Stay, you know, take it to as far as you can and take it a little bit further. I've spoken to and worked with other people, entrepreneurs who just give it, they give it one shot and they go, ah, it didn't work. It, it just, it just, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work, but, you know, keep sticking with it. Keep persistent. Um, the other one is, is is really, you know, spend the time and effort, and even if it costs money, spend a little bit of money to get the right advice, to, to get the right people to work with. And that includes, you know, legal help. It includes manufacturing, especially. Uh, if manufacturing falls apart, you're, you're dead in the water. So you, you really got to vet those companies and anybody you work with as a, in a deep relationship to make sure that they're the right people. So do some research, look into their background, ask for references, uh, you know, call them and, and beat them up a little bit so you really understand if they're going to fight for you when the time comes. I think that's great advice. And on both fronts, you know, being persistent and not quitting. I still like your earlier comment earlier in the the show when you talked about just writing your ideas down and getting them down and and doing some homework. And then that third one, I mean, leaning into some of your trusted advisors. Share with our listening audience where they can find the product. You mentioned a couple, mentioned your website, et cetera. Yeah, I I think, uh, you know, Great places to find it. Obviously, every every Walmart store in the in the U.S. has the product on the shelves. Walmart.com. Uh, we're on Chewy. We're in uh, on Ace Hardware's website. We're also in I think 500 Ace Hardware stores. Amazon, of course, um, all over that. Uh, eBay. We're on the Gromit. Uh, you can find us on Zulily. Uh, there you we're go. in Petland. Big in Canada. All Bed Bath and Beyonds in Canada. Um, and you know, Target.com, we just launched on as well. And we've actually had great success with mail order catalogs. So interesting. Okay. So catalogs like like Potpourri or or Finger Hut, and there's there's some very specialized uh, catalogs that are perfect 
Um, there's ones just for pet. So we are in those and we've done great business with, with the mail order you know, side as well. Huh, interesting. That's and obviously awesome. for com, of course, you know, as well. Right. That's awesome. Well, Michael, it's been so great meeting you. Um, so cool to see your product mm-hmm. and to, to see the amazing growth and just to hear the story of how you brought it from an idea to life. Um, and I think it's a real inspiration for other entrepreneurs out there. Thanks for being on the show. Great. Thank you for having me. It's been a good time. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.